Welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn. Today on the podcast, I spoke with Dr. Anna Schultz, a research fellow at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, about a new study looking at inhaled corticosteroid use in COPD and asthma patients, and whether they have either a protective or harmful effect when related to COVID-19. Dr. Schultz, early reports suggested that there was a low prevalence of people with chronic respiratory conditions presenting in hospitals with COVID-19. Is that still the case? That's a good question. And I think the evidence now as the pandemic has progressed is certainly a lot more mixed. So our own analyses of risk factors for COVID-19 deaths, uh, which also used the Open Safely platform that we used in this study, in that one we didn't see a marked underrepresentation of these patients. So those prevalences were in line with what I think we'd expect. So broadly the same as general population prevalences in the UK. And other large studies, so there's a large study from the UK called the ISERIC study of patients hospitalized with COVID-19. And when you look at the prevalence of asthma, they don't study COPD directly, but sort of chronic respiratory diseases, excluding asthma. I think those, again, are much more similar to what we might expect in the general population, or you, you at least don't see that marked underrepresentation that some of those early reports that came out of China, and I think there were some studies from Italy as well, had indicated. Are people with COPD and asthma more at risk of becoming infected with SARS-CoV-2? And if they become infected, are they more likely to have severe outcomes? That's a great question. I know it's a really important question as well. It sounds really straightforward, but it's actually quite difficult to answer, so I'm going to try and break it down. So first of all, I just want to pick up on this distinction that you included in your question, which is, are these people more at risk of becoming infected and once infected of severe outcomes? And at the moment, I think a lot of different research teams are really struggling to study risk factors for infection. And that's because we don't really have any data sets that adequately captures infection status. So in a lot of studies in both the US and in the UK and other countries as well, we have to rely, if anything, on people testing positive for SARS-CoV-2. And because testing practices, at least in the UK, have been really geared towards those with severe symptoms early during the pandemic. They aren't representative. So there is no way we can easily answer that question of who's most at risk of becoming infected. So at the moment, people tend to use these proxy outcomes, but it's a little bit hard to tell. And it's something that I think might change as we develop these testing capacities. We're testing much larger proportions of the population. We might be able to answer that more definitively in the future. So in terms of severe outcomes once infected or just severe outcomes. So that's I think something that more people have studied. So, for example, we looked at this in our prior analyses of, of risk factors for COVID-19 deaths and for COPD or chronic respiratory disease. They tend to be grouped in the UK for historical reasons. So in terms of COPD and severe outcomes in general, the evidence to date, at least from our own research on the Open Safety Platform as well, but also other studies like this ISARIC collaboration I mentioned earlier, both of those studies certainly suggest that these people have experienced an increased risk of COVID-19-related deaths. Asthma, a little bit more complicated. Again, our own work suggested that people with poorly controlled asthma, so that's those who have recently had a prescription for an oral corticosteroid, so indicating they have poor asthma control, they also appear to be at an increased risk of COVID-19-related deaths. But I also want to emphasize that none of these studies can really disentangle the effect of having these conditions from how people with these conditions have behaved during the pandemic, so if they have shielded or taking additional precautions. So it's perfectly plausible, for example, that people with asthma might have shielded to a greater extent than people without asthma or taken other precautions that might have prevented them from 
getting infected and therefore it's not coming out as strong a risk factor because not as many people with these conditions are being hospitalized or, or dying in the end. So, so this is a really long way of saying I'm not sure we know for sure yet. And I think this is actually a question where there's a lot of urgency, although patients with asthma and COPD really want to know the answer to this. So I think it's important for research teams to, to try and study this in more detail and disentangling this issue about is it, is it the behavior among these patients that's causing something or, or is it the condition itself? There's been some debate as to whether inhaled corticosteroids have a protective or harmful effect in these patients when it comes to COVID-19. How does your study add to this debate? So our study is, at least to our knowledge, the first study which directly investigates the role inhaled corticosteroids when taken to manage asthma or CP might have on COVID-19 outcomes. So other studies have speculated that these drugs might have a potential role, they might potentially be protective, but this has often been speculation without actually directly studying these drugs. And when we study the effects of drugs outside randomized control trials, it's really important that we compare people to those who are as similar as possible. So we compare those taking a certain drug to those who are as similar as possible. And that is often people taking other treatments for the same indication. So in epidemiology speak, we, we want to use something called active comparators, and that's the design that we used. So when we look at this question using this design, we found that there's actually no evidence to support either a protective effect of inhaled corticosteroids. In fact, we saw a slight increased risk of death among those people who took these drugs compared to those taking alternative drugs. But the sensitivity analyses we did suggest that these effects are not actually true effects. So we don't think our data provides any evidence that these treatments have either benefited people during the pandemic or harmed them. When you refer to confounding in the study, could you explain what you mean by this and how it might have affected the results? Yeah, sure. So when we say that the results might have been caused by confounding, we mean that the difference in outcome we see among people taking inhaled corticosteroids and those who do not might not be due to the fact that they're taking different treatments, but other differences between these patient groups. So this is one of the key differences between an observational study, such as ours, and a randomized controlled trial where people get treatments at random. Using observational data, which is just collected from clinics like we have, people take these medications for a certain reason. And when we're speaking about inhaled corticosteroid, that reason tends to be that they have more severe respiratory disease. So when we compare people who take these treatments to those who take alternative ones, we have this issue where we're trying to disentangle what is being caused by the treatment and what is being caused by the severity of the respiratory disease. We try and account for this in the studies. So we try to select good comparator groups and we can account for some of these differences using statistical models or by including these variables in our models. But it becomes particularly difficult when there are potential differences between the groups that aren't measured in the data. And that's the situation we think we were in here, where there were aspects of respiratory disease severity that we don't think is adequately captured in the data set we have, and therefore we can't take it into account. What are the main takeaways from your study for both clinicians and for patients? So I would say that the main message is don't change asthma or COPD therapies that work because of the pandemic. Our study doesn't provide evidence either of a potential benefit, so it doesn't, doesn't really provide any evidence to suggest that it might be beneficial to start taking these therapies in terms of COVID-19 outcomes. And the harm we did observe we don't think is causal. So our study also don't provide any evidence of harm, which we think should be reassuring to both clinicians and patients that if you rely on these therapies to manage your asthma or COPD, using them during a COVID-19 outbreak hasn't put you at greater risk of experiencing 
negative COVID-19 outcomes. So just to add as well a take-home message for researchers, perhaps, which is that any future investigation into claims of protection or studies looking at whether these drugs might be protective, I think it's probably worthwhile for those research teams to consider alternative explanations because our study certainly doesn't suggest that it is inhaled corticosteroids that's driving any of these differences that other studies have reported. What are the next steps in trying to determine the role of inhaled corticosteroids in patients with asthma and COPD in relation to COVID-19? So in terms of how the routine use of these treatments have impacted COVID-19, I think it's important to see our results replicated in other settings and databases. And this doesn't really go for just our study. I think this is the case with any study. And I would be particularly interested in seeing this question explored in databases where some of these factors we couldn't measure that well. So, for example, exacerbation history. There might be other databases where this is better recorded. And I'd be interested in seeing whether they find similar results or whether they find something different. And we're also doing some thinking about whether there might be other methods or designs we could explore to look at this question. Perhaps there's something we haven't considered to get around this issue of unmeasured confounding, although I do think all studies are likely to be subject to quite strong limitations around unmeasured confounding. But I actually also think it's, you know, in terms of wider research priorities, I think now a focus should also be on trying to establish what is the role of these respiratory diseases in COVID-19 in and of themselves. So both COPD and asthma are really heterogeneous conditions. And for patients, I think it's important to also more broadly just study what impact these conditions in and of themselves have on COVID-19 outcomes and not just inhaled corticosteroids. Dr. Schultz, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you very much for having me.